Welcome back to another episode of Full Seam Ahead. Labor Day. It's a nice Monday holiday. Most of you guys, maybe you're off. Well, we did not take the day off. We are here with you to break down the Astros road trip out to Anaheim, the last Astros road trip of the season, out west anyway. Um, four, two, or if two, <laughs> a two-one series win for the Astros over the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, got us, got us coming home feeling good before we take on the Rangers. And Lorenzo, what's your what's your one word for this series? You know what? You know what? We're not gonna go with my one word. I want to hear your one word. It is Labor Day, even though it's probably raining, because I know majority of us live in Houston and it is raining out here. I want to hear your one word, your one take about this series about the Los Angeles Angels and the Astros. Uh, I, I think refreshing. I think it's good. You know, we we've talked before about the Astros struggles with with the Angels and our divisional opponents and you know these lesser teams, quote unquote. And to go out there and take two of three um, relatively with ease felt, felt pretty good. I mean, really, Friday and Sunday were never really in question. Uh, Saturday's loss, you know, that sucked. But with Otani on the mound, you know, you don't really know what you're going to get. And, and even, you mm-hmm. know, even, even in Saturday's loss, we'll talk about it here in a little bit, there was the plus sign of Luis Garcia looked really good. So, you know, I, I think for the most part, there's – you know, the offense on Saturday was lackluster for sure, but really there's not a lot to complain about this series. And I think it, it was just a good, refreshing, refreshing series and uh, ready for the shows to come home and, and take care of business against Texas this week. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we ended the road trip three and one. Um, like you said, I mean, with Otani, you just never know what you're going to get. Otani has had our number this whole, um, the whole times we faced him with the angel going against the angels and, you know, like you said, refreshing. We got we hit up of them Friday and then Saturday, of course, that happened. And then Sunday, the boys looked like they got their bats together and you know offensively did it done. So, yeah, like you said, I think refreshing is a good word for this um, one word for the Angel series. Yeah, so let's go ahead and and, and talk Friday night. Uh, it was a good Astros after dark, nine o'clock first pitch, and it was Lance on the mound in the middle of a heat wave in California. Uh, and, and Lance, I thought, was a good outing. I think he struggled a little bit with that that pitch command that we've talked about, that efficiency. But for the most part, um, I, I have not a whole lot to complain about. Five and two-thirds innings pitch, six hits, two earned runs, four walks, and seven strikeouts. So, you know, that walk number is still a little bit higher than we're looking for. But I generally thought it was an effective outing, especially after the first. The first inning was rough. Yeah. After, after that, it, it, was, it was fine. Yeah, I was getting getting into him with the first three batters. I mean, all them three batters had a three ball count. Yeah, it was either three one, three two, you know, three zero. I mean, it was it was hard for him to get something going. So, and then plus the blue wasn't helping him out either. I mean, he was making no. great pitches on the paint, on the corners. I mean, it looked fantastic. But you know, not everything is going to go your way. But like you said, yeah, he had a rough little first inning, but then you know got back into his groove. I thought he was honestly going to finish the sixth inning. I mean, yeah, well, the sixth inning, but, you know, Dusty had to pull him out. Uh, but, I mean, he had a scoreless in the fifth, starting to get – you could just see he was getting fatigued as well, gave up a single, yeah. a walk. Uh, then Duffy hits that ground rule double. So, I mean, I, as the at the rate that he ended the game, I mean, I thought it was great. And that was the thing we were looking for, Lance. Is he going to come back and dominate like how he did against the Orioles? And sure enough, I think he did. It just – 
I think the only thing he needs to work on is the walks. It's just that's the only part I think he just needs to work on. But other than that, I mean, he's looking like himself again, and it's great to see that going into September. Yeah, for it definitely is, and you know, I think hopefully that's one thing that just is going to come with a few more starts as we get closer to the playoff. It's helping him find that zone more consistently and find those those pitches on the edge. But at the very least, he had the offense there to back him up Friday night. Not a ton of offense, uh, but enough to get the job done. Four runs behind Lance, uh, plenty to to cover those two runs he gives up. Uh, Pena went two for five with a double and RBI. Yuli went one for three, also with a double and RBI. Andy drew a walk. Um, it, it was it was a team effort. It was a team effort Friday night from from some of the guys at the top and the bottom of the lineup. And you you love to see that kind of support behind a pitcher who has not been the best or the worst lately just to give him that that cushion and to give him that confidence. Yeah, I completely agree. And then especially with Pena right now, the way he's hitting in that two-hole, I think that is a positive sign for Astros fans to see him get going and everything like Without that. And maybe doubt. the two-hole is good for him. I think two-hole is probably going to be the best bet going into the playoffs, even though Yuli has been doing good in that two-hole. The numbers between Pena being the two-hole and you know being bottom in the lineup, it shows you know how he hits. So I, I think, of course... We know he's a fastball hitter and the off speed is not his thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a great, you know, positive sign for him. And then, um, Yanier Diaz, he made his debut and he wasn't even supposed to make his debut either. I believe it was, uh, Alvarez was in the lineup and then they had did a late scratch because Mm -hmm. of his, um, hand soreness, but you know, yeah, hand discomfort. I meant, (laughs) um, but yeah, I mean, Yanir Diaz had his debut. If you saw the first two at bats, I mean, the first at bat he swung at the first pitch, I believe it was a pop up to second, and then that second at bat was oh, like it was just horrible. I mean, he was just swinging at every pitch in the upstairs and out of the zone, and you can just tell. I mean, it's a rookie. You're rook. You're a rookie going into the major leagues, and you just got caught up, and you're literally already placed in the lineup for your first game, and you didn't even know about it. So, yeah. you know, the jitters were there and everything like that. But, um, you know, Centron pulled him aside after that second at-bat because, like I said, he was just swinging at every pitch. And, um, you know, I'm pretty sure he told the rookie, you know, hey, calm down, relax. I know it's your first game, um, you know, in the majors and everything like that. Just take some pitches. And then sure enough, that third at-bat, he took, I believe, almost – I think he took all the pitches except for one. I could be wrong. Um, but at the end, it was a bases loaded situation. Got an RBI walk. I mean, how – Welcome yourself by getting your yeah. first career RBI as a walk. So, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad for him. You know, getting the jitters out of the way, I'm pretty sure he'll look forward to the next outing and hopefully, you know, maybe get a hit for his first career major league hit. Yeah, and, you know, worth noting with him is that he started the season in double A. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. it's not like yeah. he's a guy that's been banging on the door at triple A for a long time. And, you know, you kind of expect to come in here with a little more of that poise and expectations. He just catapulted up the Astro system since that we traded for him last season. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that stuff's going to happen. He's going to have to learn that the hard way and make those mistakes. But I, I think there's a lot, still so much to be excited about with him. And it was good to see him in a game, even though maybe it wasn't, you know, an, an insane performance. Uh, but overall, you know, <laughs> getting a 4-2 win out, out west in that heat on a Friday night, it, it felt good. At that point, win streak was what three games on the road trip. So, yeah, you 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 like to see that. 
And then, of course, on Saturday, we talked about this on the episode last week, was uh, Otani on the mound seems to kind of have the Astros number this season, especially. And so that was definitely a worry going into this game. And he pretty much backed it up. Uh, Otani went eight innings pitch, six hits, one earned run, no walks, five strikeouts. And the offense essentially looked looked dead on sat on Saturday night. They could not get a lot done at all. Yeah, it just didn't look like their original selves. Um, Otani has had their number the whole year that he's pitched twenty four, including um, Saturday night's ball game, twenty four innings pitched, giving up six hints, three runs, and caught a abundant load of strikeouts. I'm thinking, I believe it's over. 34 strikeouts total out of his Damn. four outings against Houston this year. So, wow. y- yeah, you're going against one of the dominant pitchers in the AL. Shohei Otani won a MVP last year. Um, you know, of Is course, for his winning performance. Maybe. I don't know. You think they're going to judge? They have to. I think Judge is really so helping. He is the most valuable player on that team. <laughs> but um, back to Shohei. I mean, this guy has been pitching his butt off um, since last year. He wasn't healthy. The first three years he came into the majors, I believe, coming from Japan. And, um, you know, he he just has that mixture of pitches. Um, he debuted, I believe, a sinker this coming game. And, you know, just it is what it is. You really can't – you just got to tip your hat to the pitcher, oh, yeah. especially a pitcher like Otani. I mean, this guy hits and pitches. I mean, that's a two-headed monster right there. So, um. Boys couldn't get nothing done. Offense looked absolutely dead. I mean, it wasn't their team. The Astros with the runners in scoring position was two for 14. Lobsters were the biggest ones, having 10 on base. Um, It was just a lot of opportunities that the Astros couldn't get done. They were The best thing about it, though, they were hitting the ball. Don't get me wrong. They they were hitting the ball, but it was at somebody. Um, Yuli hit it in in left field, and Altuve could have scored, but Obviously, it was three outs from there. Christian Vasquez had the bases loaded with two outs, and uh, he had popped up to right field. So, I mean, there was opportunities. The Astros just couldn't capitalize. Um, Altuve winning, going for two for five with a double. JJ giving the only run in, uh, went one for three with an RBI. So, I mean, you really can't do nothing about it. And, you know, it, it sucks because our pitcher was really pitching a great game. But, yeah, he was. I mean... You're going against Shohei Otani, one like I said, one of the best pitchers in the game. So it, it sucks, but you know it, we had a lot of opportunities there. Yeah, and and speaking of, I mean, it was nice to finally see a solid performance out of Garcia. You know, we we talked. I think he had a six game streak of giving up at least three earned runs, and I mean, he yeah. just, I mean, he dominated on Saturday night. He went seven innings pitched, three hits, one earned run, two two walks, seven strikeouts. And that earned run didn't come until the seventh inning. I mean, he he looked yeah. really good out there. He was he was using uh, throwing a lot of strikes. He had ninety four pitches, sixty one of them were strikes. And I think that was definitely you know in that refreshing category of it was not the performances we'd gotten used to seeing from him, and that was a good thing. Yeah, it, it was very promising. I think that was the biggest thing of them all taken away from Saturday because. Like we mentioned, I mean, he's given up three or four runs in his last six, seven, eight starts, and he's he hasn't given up a two runs or you know one run since the Yankee series 
the wow. first game back from the all-star break. So, I mean, it was, it was finally, finally good to, you know, see Garcia get at least a great, you know, outing from it. And, you know, so like yeah. you said, seven innings pitch, three hits, giving up that one earned run. Um, the pitcher, I mean, pitching was there. Pitching was there. Like we were, like I was just mentioning earlier, the offense just wasn't there for him. But I think the biggest takeaway of Saturday's ball game is Luis Garcia dealing and hopefully this carries on for the rest of the season for him because if he could get back into this formation like how he was Saturday, this bullpen or wherever he goes, either the bullpen or the rotation, it's going to get more scary. Yeah, you know, getting closer to October, depth just keeps becoming more and more important. And we, we've seen injuries and we've seen the roles they, role they've played. And you never know when stuff like that's going to happen. So getting him... Getting him at that point where he can, at the very least, be a solid depth option is is going to be huge for this team going into going into the postseason. But he was not to be outdone on Sunday afternoon to close out their series. It was Jose Urquidy on the mound, and Urquidy also had a phenomenal performance. He went seven innings pitched, four hits, no earned runs, one walk, and eight strikeouts in the Astros' nine to one win. And it was just yet another fin- just great start from Jose Arquiti. I mean, he has just been great this second half, and it, and it was so nice to see him continue that um, in Los Angeles on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it was – oh, my God. I mean, we don't even know how many words to say for him, too, because he's starting right. to pitch at the, you know, the rate that we wanted him to pitch. I mean, it's been a while since we've seen that from him. And, you know – it's just fascinating to see him continue to pitch the way he is doing from a guy that was going to be a trade piece at the trade deadline. And now he's just, you know, 13 wins tied third with um, Alex Manoa from the Blue Jays in, you know, in the American League category, bringing that ERA down to 351 when he was, I believe, in the early in the season, he was going for a 499 ERA. So, you know, credit to him and what he has improved on especially taking away that cutter that he had uh, picked up in the off season, probably, you know, he'll probably develop it more whenever we get to the off season going into 2023. But I found a fascinating stat that I, um, Houston Astros France um, had tweeted since June 21st, June 21, Urquidy's last 14 starts, eight wins, two loss, 245 ERA, with a 0.84 whip and an opponent's batting average of 0.200. Damn. This guy is carving up these batters. And that is a fascinating stat because I'm, I'm pretty sure that was when he probably took away the cutter, honestly, because that yeah, it was um, around that time. I mean, he was, he, yeah, I mean, he was just starting to pitch just great. And we just didn't know how long he was going to keep this going. And, Look at it. I mean, we're at September the 5th. So um, credit to Rikidi as what he has been doing this year. Um, You can even put him in the most improved category for the Astros if they do awards like that, because, I mean, there's just not enough words to describe the king, El Rey de Matsalan. Yeah, I mean, his his performance has been truly, truly great. I'm looking right now at his stats. He his ERA was at a season, a season high uh, back in June the, at a five oh four. I was just a little higher in the wow. first month, but mm-hmm. on June eighth, his ERA was a five oh four. 
after he gave up he gave up four earned runs and uh, four innings against the Mariners. And then since then, I mean, it's just continued to drop. And he really, if you look at it, he's only had a couple a couple of games that have really knocked him around. Uh, he's had three three run games, five one run games, and then one five run game. I mean, he he's really just been been the model of consistency for for the Astros since then. His strikeouts have been there. He's now walking a ton of guys. He, he's just been reliable on all fronts, and that's something again that that depth and that reliability in your pitching staff. You can't get enough of that. And the Astros are lucky to be blessed with an abundance of it. Yeah, but, you know, speaking of blessings, I mean, the offense from Saturday to Sunday went bonkers. I mean, the whole lineup just was starting to hit out of nowhere. And that was probably the greatest things to see, you know, after going in a slump of two for 14 and runnings in scoring position. 5-4-11 on Sunday. So, I mean, it was great to see the boys finally uh, swing the bats. Altuve having one of the biggest of days of them all. I mean, going three for four with a double and home run and three RBIs. Alvarez got in the mix late innings of the game uh, with the going for a one for four with a walk and two RBIs. Tucker with that two run bomb going one for five. Yeah. And then David Hensley. I mean, he was batting ninth in the lineup, you know, taking Brady. Brady needed a day off. So, you know, he, he wasn't been hitting what he was doing in August. But of course, you're going to need some days off. And David Hensley, you know, took up you know, took advantage of that opportunity going two for four with a double and two RBIs. So overall, I mean, everybody was swinging the bat. I believe everybody had a hit besides Christian Vasquez and Trey Mancini. Um, hoping Trey could get it going like he was in the beginning when we got him at the trade deadline. I'm really hoping Christian Vasquez, I'm not even worried because we've seen it from him. Uh, Trey Mancini is probably the only guy I would like to see get, uh, get going because, man, if he could start hitting this line, it was going to be even more dangerous. Yeah, and like I think with Mancini, we we've talked about it before. I, you gotta just look at him as being more of a three a three true outcome kind of guy, and you know that's gonna have mm-hmm. its ups and downs. But I would like to see a little more of the home run outcome, uh, if possible. But yeah, I, I mean overall, I thought this this series again was was refreshing. I think there's not a lot to fret about. I don't think there's a lot to really worry about. Uh, obviously, there's some kind of greater. Astrosphere things that you know we'll talk about here in a minute. In Astros roundup, but I, I don't know. I to me it was it was a good series, and I think the Astros should have plenty to be happy about. Yeah, my mistake. I thought it was three and one. It's four and one. I'm completely sorry about that. But yeah, I mean the overall taking, you know, even though the the Angel series, even going to Texas and just on the road specifically. Four and one. I mean, we can't complain about that. Yes, that loss was against a great pitcher in Shohei, but at the end of the day, the you know the starters were there. Bullpen was even there too. I mean, we didn't even give credit to this bullpen what they did. I mean, Brian yeah. Abreu, Phil Maton, um, Hector Neris, Rafael Montero looks like he's getting back on track again where he was in the first half. So I mean, everything you know was there: offense, bullpen, defense. Um, Starting pitchers. I mean, everything was there. And I think, like how you said, it was a refreshing series. And hopefully it continues on coming into the juice box on Monday. Yes. And on Monday tonight, we'll get our, our, our first game of a series versus the Texas Rangers. And they are limping into Houston. They are limping into town Bad. on an eight-game losing streak. 
Uh, they got swept by the Red Sox. I think it was a four-game sweep. Um, yeah, four-game sweep against them, and then they lost to us in that little two-mini, two-little yeah. game um, series. So, yeah, yeah it's I looking good. Thursday night's loss to the Red Sox, they were leading like eight to three in the eighth, yeah. and then got walked off mm-hmm. nine to eight. It was the tenth <laughs> time this season the Rangers have lost a game after leading after seven innings. So, I mean, that bullpen of theirs just continues to be a problem. Uh, but the Rangers as a whole are 58 and 75. They're 27 and a half games back. Uh, obviously, they're out of, out of playoff contention. I think technically they're eliminated from the division. They're division, probably, yeah. They're probably close Still to being eliminated the from the wild card. <laughs> uh, but they're 2-8 and eight again over their last 10 on that eight-game losing streak. And this is a team, obviously, we're familiar with. We just saw them last week, and then we even before that had seen them not that long ago. And we got a familiar foe on the mound for the Rangers Monday night in Martin Perez. But the interesting part of Monday night's game, tonight's game, is that the young man on the mound for the Astros is not a familiar face. It is Hunter Brown making his major league debut. We've been talking about Hunter Brown all season. He's been down in AAA being PCL pitcher of the week, pitcher of the month, breaking all sorts of records, being phenomenal. Everybody's been asking, you know, when's he going to come? What's it going to look like? Is it time yet? I thought we'd see him a little bit sooner in the season, but here he is making his major league debut in a start against the Texas Rangers. And it's exciting, man. It really is exciting. Yeah, I think all Astros fans were just waiting on that moment. I think him especially, you know, he's proved everything. He went to the Futures game in L.A. and he even shoved over there. Um, All the talents there from this kid, this kid, like you said, he was pitcher of the month, pitcher of the week. Uh, I think he was leading ERA, I believe, over there, too, in the PCL. So, I mean, he was just waiting for the call and just, you know, you you could get impatient, you know, because it's just like a kid going for Christmas, you know, when it's present time and everything like that, opening presents. And I mean, I think that's just Hunter Brown. He's he's just eager to show these guys what he can do and help this team, you know, get to the playoffs and obviously get to that World Series to win it for the city of Houston. So I think that's the biggest thing going in for Hunter Brown. I'm expecting to show a lot. I think, you know, especially taking advantage of a weak team right now in the Texas Rangers, um, yeah. a game losing streak too. Keep it going. Keep the streak going. Carve these hitters. He got a fascinating 12-6 curveball. If nobody has seen that. Um, the slider's there. He's thrown the when he came out of the bullpen, he had a 94, 91 miles per hour slider. So we we know the stuff's there. The thing that I think we got to come into play is is the accuracy gonna be there? Is right. you know the location of the pitch. And you know, luckily for him, he's gonna have Martin Maldonado on you know, being behind the plate, you know, calling what pitches and where to throw and all these things, you know, you got a great guy and Martin to help him, you know, get better as a player. And, you know, I think Martin, not Perez, Martin Maldonado for the young pitchers in Javier, Framber, uh, Merkidi, Garcia, we have seen what he's done to these young pitchers, and I think mm-hmm. Hunter Brown coming into the mix is just going to make it better. So I- I'm really excited for this Hunter Brown, um, you know, showing today. If you don't know, and if you're listening to, you know, our show in the morning, $10 
tickets. Astros are doing $10 tickets. Oh, wow. You know, obviously the nosebleeds to catch his debut. It's going to be an important one. It's going to be, you know, if you all, if anybody buys all these tickets, I mean, it's going to be a play playoff game for this kid. You know, his first outing, $10 yeah. tickets, seats are going to be filled. I mean, it's going to be a playoff atmosphere, even though we're playing the, you know, last place Texas Rangers. It shouldn't matter because this is the future of the Astros. This could be our ace in the future. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm excited about Hunter Brown. Um, You know, you have anything you're expecting from him? No, I just like you said, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him display that full arsenal. You know, like he does have a, he has a great curveball, he has a great slider, and his his fastball it has pretty substantial velo on it. Uh, but again, you know, the control, seeing what's there, I know that's what that's kind of one of the things that had been talked about is why he had not made the jump yet. It was just kind of working on that that walk rate and working on that that pitch efficiency. But I I think he's going to throw it all. I think he's going to throw it maybe maybe a little inaccurate, but I think that. Uh, just seeing what he's got and seeing how big league hitters get looks at it is going to be really important uh, for him and for us. And so, yeah, I just I want to see him unload the clip tomorrow night that's, or tonight. That's all. That's all I really want to see. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a great outing for him. I think he'll go six innings. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Dusty just gives him five, but I'm. I'm excited for this kid to show out. You know, show Houston what he's all about, yeah. and I think we got a great one in him. So. Um, yeah, I mean, let, let's focus on Martin Perez too. I mean, he's not the best pitcher for the Texas Rangers, but he did have a good, you know, start to his season. I mean, his last outing versus Houston was five innings pitch, nine hits, five earned runs, four walks, five strikeouts. Um, you know, we, I think time the key, in a row we tagged yeah, him. I think the key, you know, the keyest thing to this going against him is making the bats you know just having them work the count i think that's the biggest yes. thing because if you remember that um that third time in houston because this is obviously last week was the fourth outing of him going against houston but the third outing we were swinging at every pitch every pitch we were swinging and missing or just taking a strike down the middle i think he had 20 something pitches with and going into the fourth inning and then Aledmus Diaz, you know, did everything for him. But th these last two outings from, you know, going against Perez, the Astros have done really well. Um, you know, he's pitched, you know, from his last two starts against us, 10 innings pitch, 15 hits, 13 earned runs, seven walks, seven strikeouts. So I think the Astros are being more patient now. I think yeah. that's the biggest thing, you know, going for him because he likes to get on that mound and he likes to get ready and already start throwing. I think that's the biggest thing. We got to get him out of his rhythm. And, you know, we got to score some runs on the rookie. I'm not on the rookie, but for the rookie because Hunter Brown, you know, obviously we don't know how he's going to pitch. So I think, you know, we've been doing a great job at scoring first on the board. And for the Astros to continue scoring, you know, early in the game for Hunter Brown's just going to make him more, um, more encouraging and more confidence for him. Yeah. You know, and, and we've talked at length before about that, that importance that and giving that confidence to these young guys. And we've seen it, we've, we've seen it with Luis Garcia, you know, maybe not getting that run support, being a little less, being a little less confident for and Javier kind of on the other side, you know, having a hit or miss run support, uh, but definitely looking for a, a, a fun matchup tonight. Uh, I think it's one of those games where the stakes aren't really that high, you know? So it's kind of like, mm -hmm. 
let's just see what happens. You know, let, let, let's see how this goes uh, with Hunter Brown. Let's try to hit up Mar- Martin Perez the best we can. Uh, you, you expecting any interesting, any interesting uh, pieces in the lineup today? As in Astros or Rangers? Yeah, no Astros. I'm I'm expecting Alvarez to get back into it again. I think that's the biggest thing. Like I said, yeah. we need him to get going. Um, you know, we haven't seen a Yordong in a while either. I mean, it's been a while for your, your daddy to, you know, have an extra base hit, especially. I think he had an extra base hit in the Baltimore game, but that was like in a while after before that. So I, I'm expecting Yordan Alvarez, you know, hopefully the hands are feeling, you know, a little better than they were. And just being able to hit off Martin Perez, like I said, I think the extra base hits for him is the key thing because we haven't seen that for a while. So I think that's that's my guy highlighting in that lineup. I'm I'm really hoping for Alvarez to have a better um, game. Yeah, and I think I think the last home run he hit was off the Rangers in Minute Maid a couple weeks ago. I I thought my head. That's uh, I think that's the last home run that he hit. Um, so hopefully maybe maybe we'll get that going again. Um. But yeah, you know that that's game one tonight. Game two tomorrow night. We got Frember on the mound uh, versus Glenn Otto. Frember's eleven and eight with a four point one four ERA. Otto is six and eight with a four point eight two ERA. Uh, is it surprising you that Frember's ERA is that high? <laughs> no, I don't think it's that high. Is it? No, that's there's no freaking way. We got a type. We got a yeah. We got a type over here. That's hey, it's late. A- My brain ain't working all the way. That's that's a two point something ERA from our guy Framber. Framber, if you're listening to this, this is our fault. You know, it <laughs> it's Labor Day. We were drinking the night before. Hey. You know, it, sorry, we we had a party. You know, we we are partying because you are the the in Major League history now the left handed pitcher to have quality starts. You you pass Johan Santana, so we are still celebrating that yeah, from you. Are. But yeah, but um, man, I can't find it. Anyway, while, while you're getting that, we are looking for Framber to continue that quality start streak. Um, you know, we, we've we've been tracking that for what the last three weeks now. Uh, as he even longer as he's approached the franchise record, as he passed the broken reset the franchise record. Uh, now, like Lorenzo said, you know, passing Johan Santana's that for the most consecutive quality starts thrown by a left hand pitcher in Major League history. Looking to make it 23, and, you know, last time he, he faced the Rangers, uh, when he got that 22nd consecutive start, he was phenomenal. Going eight innings pitched, seven hits, two earned runs, no walks, eight strikeouts. And even his, the time before that that he pitched against Texas, he, he had a solid outing as well. So hopefully we can see him get another strong outing against the Rangers. You know, maybe what he what he did last week is going to continue working. Uh, either way, I think there's a lot about Framber to inspire confidence right now. Yeah, 14 and 4, 2.63 RA. So sorry about that, folks. But yeah, I mean, I think we're looking for that for Framber to continue going the rate that he is. I mean, it's looking very great and promising for us that he could be the future ace of this franchise because, of course, we don't know of uh, Justin Verlander's future. I don't know. We don't know if he's going to take that um, option or, you know, majority of us figures that he's probably going to opt out and look for that Scherzer money. But um, yeah. for Amber continuing to dominate and, you know, dwell these hitters going just looking for uh, 23 consecutive starts as well. Quality starts, my fault. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I figured that he's going to have a different approach to these guys, too, because like we said, I mean, he just faced them just this past week. And of course, you know, the Rangers are doing their homework, trying to figure out how to hit him. I'm pretty sure Framber's trying to do the same thing over here, figuring different ways to attack him. And I think, yeah. you know, going into that day on Tuesday, I think it's going to be a great one for him again. Yeah, I hope so as well. And, you know, with Glenn Otto on the mound, he's not the strongest pitcher on that staff. He's not the weakest. Uh, in each of, in, in five of his last six starts, he's given up at least one run. Uh, and two of his – and and all three of his starts against the Astros, he's given up at least two runs. Uh, and his last outing versus the Astros, he went five innings pitched, four hits, two earned runs, four walks, five strikeouts. Uh, and similarly, in his last start versus Boston – he went five innings pitched, four hits, three earned runs, one walk, and eight strikeouts. So hopefully that's a pitcher we can, you know, get after. Maybe fourth time's the charm here, and we can tag him for a little bit more than two runs uh, just to give Framber that, that that run support. But, again, this is a team we've seen a lot. We've seen them. Um, this, this is actually our last meeting with them in the regular season. Um, but again, behind Framber on the mound, I, I think it's good to hope for a big game on, on Tuesday night. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is to continue having Framber dominate and get them quality starts. Yeah. Um, if he gets 23, I think 24 is the most in franchise behind Bob Gibson and um, Jacob deGrom. So I think Framber's hunting for that now because obviously it's no story no hush hush or anything like that that Framber's trying to you know continue make history why not i mean yeah. you've had a great year you've had an all-star season you know why not keep going obviously too he's in the top five for Cy Young uh voting i'm pretty sure so i think i think it's going to be a great one for him especially going against a wink link in Glenn Otto like you said hopefully the Astros offense wakes up instead of scoring two runs like the yeah. last three starts he pitched against Houston, I think that would be fascinating for us to get it going and continue to help Framber um, add on to another win. Yeah, and you know that point. Hopefully, we're, hopefully after that we are two and zero in this series going into Wednesday afternoon's game. Uh, right now we got Christian Javier on the mound versus an unknown starter for the Rangers. They have not named a starter. And Javier in uh, his last his last start. At Texas, uh, we saw him go five innings pitched, four hits, three earned runs, three walks, seven strikeouts. Uh, and even though that stat line, that, that's not the best, uh, when, I think when you actually watch the game, he looked better than that. You know, he gave up that two-run shot to Corey yeah. Seager in the second. But then after that, he, he looked pretty dominant. Um, you know, we've seen him at some very high highs this year. We've seen him at some very low lows. But I think we've kind of arrived at a point with Christian Javier where we, he's a pretty consistent, reliable starter. And hopefully, you know, after that last outing on the road in Texas, he can get back in that groove again. And and hopefully we see that um, we see that Javier on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm looking for Javier to continue dominating um, from his starts. I mean, as a starter, he's been pitching really damn good for this team. Um, you know, with injuries from McCullers and, you know, some now we have Verlander, but, you know, he's taking advantage of what he could do. And then, oh, like order is he too? I forgot. But like I said, he's just taking advantage of the opportunity that he receives and in getting in that starter role. 
Obviously, he's looking to adjust again, get back in the groove of things because he got moved to the bullpen. And, you know, from his last four starts, you know, excluding the Baltimore start and the Texas start, he's only given up one or two runs. And them teams that he's given up them runs, I mean, obviously Cleveland, Boston, Atlanta, these are them are tough, uh, Seattle tough lineups. I mean, these them are tough oh, lineups yeah. to go against. And, you know, I'm, I think for him, I think he's not even intimidated or scared anymore. You know, no. as a rookie, he was in 2020 and 2021. He's already been in the big time with the playoffs, the postseason, and the World Series. So yeah. for him to continue, you know, carving these hitters up, I think that's the biggest thing. His strikeout rate's pretty high. Always given, you know, seven, six, eight, nine, ten strikeouts. I mean, this guy has performed really well for us this season. And just looking to continue that going against a weak lineup in Texas. Yeah, you know, I think this is a very winnable series. I think it's even, dare I say, a sweepable series. Uh, the Astros have, after this, or including this series, what's it now, the counter at like 11, the next 11 games against sub-500 teams uh, as we're, you know, tracking toward that that, that triple digits. Um, so hopefully we can, you know, see the Astros put on a strong performance in the juice box uh, as, we, as we march toward the end of the season here. And it, it, it's crazy that we're we're talking about the end game right now, right? Like it seems like mm-hmm, the series, yeah. it seems like the season just started, and we were like, you know, freaking out about how bad the offense was, you know, back in April. But that is where we are, and, and we're headed there, and hopefully that we get a good series. Uh, but for now, let's go ahead and move into Astros roundup and start off with a strong, hearty, full seam ahead. Congratulations to. Big time listener of the podcast, Alex Bregman. Alex, congratulations on winning the August Player of the Month. We are very proud of you here at Full Seam Ahead. Yes, and I completely, you know, he deserves it from, you know, from me and Will. We congratulate you. And, um, you know, we didn't find out till Friday afternoon. Obviously, this was posted Friday morning. Um, Friday afternoon, we found out that Alex Bregman and Nolan Arenado of the National League received August Player of the Month. Uh, Bregman did pretty well, you know, batting average 362 with the on-base percentage of 452, slugging 681. Um, ended it with seven home runs, 22 RBI, 17 walks, and a OPS of 1.133. And having a newborn baby in the beginning yeah. of the month. So that dad power is ridiculously strong i mean i don't know if he's putting something that's also too that's you know getting their muscles going but um yeah huge congratulations to him because i believe he really deserves it he showed out this month of august and let's continue to do that this month of september yeah i mean i mean i think we saw the impact that that bregman made this season this month on the team you know when we had kind of we had a down month from alvarez we had we had solid months from tucker and from Altuve, but, you know, we saw Pena struggle. We saw the new guys come on the team and obviously have performed well, but not, you know, remarkably, at least Mancini, not remarkably Alvarez. consistent. Um, yeah, and, and obviously Alvarez being out. So, I mean, that makes a difference. And I think, you know, having him anchoring that lineup in the four hole where he's kind of landed um, is really nice. And, and so hopefully we see him continuing that, that hot streak. And speaking yeah, of, he has what play? He he got player of the week and player of the month, and now Verst has player of the month. So you got two Astros with player of the month out of what one, two, three, four out of five, two out of five months 
for player of the month. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, speaking of Alvarez, we finally got to see him again on Sunday. Um, we had not seen him play since last Saturday versus the Orioles as he's dealing with that, that right-hand issue, left-hand issue, whichever one it is. The left. <laughs> yeah, the left. Um, he's had issues with both hands this season. Uh, and, you know, they, he was, like Lorenzo said earlier, he was a late scratch from Friday's game. He was originally scheduled to start. Uh, and then he was not on the lineup on Saturday. Uh, but, we again, we did see him yesterday. So, hopefully he's on a path to recovery and we can see him in the starting lineup uh, again tonight. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, he's a pretty critical component of, of for this team moving forward. And so, getting him going at, at full speed is going to be pretty important. Yeah, I think that's going to be the really crucial thing when it comes to October, too, is for him to – performed that he was in the first half of the season and hopefully them hands aren't lingering him and you know bothering him because if that's happening we're looking at you know the second half of Alvarez obviously that month of August wasn't the best for him and I I just feel like if he's not in that lineup or if he's not performing at the rate that he usually is then I think it could be trouble it could be um you know panic button almost but at the same time too we got to understand you know it's 162 games of this whole season. Um, you know, Bra- Baker, too, I think he understands how important James Click even said in the interview, how important for him um, to get him healthy and, you know, for him to be able to play at 100%. So, um, you know, like I said, hopefully something positive comes out today. Hopefully it's a home run. Hopefully it gets some type of extra base hit. Looking like the old Alvarez again, the first half of the season, the MVP one that he knows that we know. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I think I, I keep thinking about last season where we saw him struggle in July, and you know, not having he, he had a salt a decent August and a decent September, but really his um or actually September October last season he hit two fifty five, uh, which is his fourth lowest month as an Astro. Um, but we saw him in October, right? You know, we saw him win ALCS MVP. You know, we, we, he has that ability to, to turn it on. So I'm I'm not super, super, super worried right now um, because we know what he's capable of. And, and we know that the health the is switch, the number one thing, though. Health yeah. is the number one thing. When it comes to playoffs, yeah. you got to be healthy. And especially having Justin Verlander come back healthy, having Ryan Presley come back. Alvarez come back, Diaz come back. Them are some Diaz, especially, I think is going to be another crucial bat in our, um, you know, on the bench. When oh, we need 100%. a situational hitting, he's going to be the one to call up. I don't think it's going to be Mauricio Dubon or Chaz McCormick. It's going to be Elemis Diaz. And having, you know, having these four guys, you know, they're really important in our roster. At being 110% is going to be the crucial, you know, most thing for October. So I'm I'm hoping, you know, everybody is getting back to the way they are, you know, at a full good, you know, health and everything like that. Because it's going to be very crucial when we get into October. Yeah. And speaking of a couple of those guys, uh per Chandler Rome, Ryan Presley threw a 26 pinch bullpen session on Saturday and he's on track to return when he's first eligible off the IL, which would be Tuesday. So we could definitely see him this series against the Rangers uh, dealing with those neck spasms. And I, I think, you know, getting him back to the bullpen is also going to be really important. You know, we're, obviously there's going to be a little bit of a roster move at that point. 
Uh, but that's you figure that out later because having him back in the lineup is in the bullpen is going to be really, really good to have. Yeah, I think it's just going to make the bullpen more stronger. Rafael Montero has been holding it down in that closer role, and it's been really well to see him continue, you know, at a positive rate that we need him because the beginning of the season we saw what he was capable of and, you know, in high leverage situations as well. Going against these teams like the Yankees, the Rays, uh, Seattle for one's hot, Blue Jays, all these playoff contender teams, these high leverage situations with their batters in the lineup after we pull that starter is going to be very crucial for them to get going. And then especially having Ryan Presley come back and uh, pitch some games before we get into that, to the playoffs. I think it's going to be very important. And for him, it's just going to be great to have him back. Yeah, it, it definitely will be. And then another guy you mentioned earlier was Alebnus Diaz. Uh, again, per Chandler Rome, uh, he ran and went through lateral movement drills before Saturday's game against the Angels. And so hopefully when we see him back soon, he's expected to begin a rehab assignment on Thursday. Uh, I don't think that's officially been announced yet, but you know, hopefully that holds true and we can see him back in the lineup uh, here in the next week and a half or so. Uh, because like you said, he's going to be huge. He's going to be very important to have on on yeah. this on this team as we get into October. Um, we haven't seen him since mid-August out dealing with that groin issue, groin injury he suffered in Chicago. So you know he was hot. He was as hot as they could be coming into late July, early August, and you know getting him back on this team is, is a huge asset. So hopefully we can get him healthy and back up here soon. Yeah, I think that's going to be a key guy when it comes to playoffs, too. Um, we saw the way he hits. Utility man, he's basically um, holding it down like how Marwin Gonzalez did for 2017. I think he's going to play a huge contribution to this team uh, come October. So I, I want to see him healthy and be able to uh, continue that he was doing. I mean, he was swinging the bat very well before the injury. It's always, always, I, I kid you not, it's always when he is hot and then all of a sudden... Oh, yeah. The injury buck comes. So it sucks. But, you know, at the same time, too, we're glad that he's getting back, you know, getting healthy before the playoff time. And I think that's all that matters right now. Yeah. And, you know, and I feel bad. And again, it's like it's Astros roundup injury report, but really there's not a whole <laughs> lot else to, to go around the Astros organization on. I think everybody's just kind of focused on taking care of business and, and getting to playoffs and getting to playoffs healthy. And I think that's a relatively good thing. I think that's a good thing for your franchise to be focused on. Uh, so moving on into around the league, it's a bit of a busy weekend. We saw some great performances. We saw some um, injury scares. And we almost we almost saw a no-hitter uh, Saturday night from Dylan Cease. Yeah, I mean, Dylan Cease almost had it. He had it right so there in close. the palm of his hand. Um, I don't know what no hitter, you know, number would have been this year. Maybe what? Maybe five, six. Mm. We haven't had a no hitter in a while. I I think there's only been was Christian was Christian Javier the last one. Um, it could Javier, be. Reed Detmers had his. Reed Detmers had his. Christian Javier had one. Um, there's another one. I just. Anyway, there. I mean, the no. I don't even. I think the last no hitter was Christian Javier. I want to say. Yeah, well, the team combined. Yeah, we've we've had some close ones. We've had some close ones with Miles Mikolas because I remember that one. 
he had that eight and oh, two thirds as well. The, but the, um, yeah, the Mets yeah. threw a combined no hitter in April. Those are the, so we've had two combined and one solo no hitter from Detmers. So yeah, so yeah, that uh, the Astros one was the last no hitter. Then, yeah. so anyway, Dylan Cease was that close, and he he was a uh, eight and two thirds, one hit, two walks, and seven strikeouts. You know, top of the eighth inning, two outs, nobody on, and you know the I think he leads the league. I know in the American League he has to lead in batting average. Luisa Rice comes up to the plate and gets a single over the second baseman's head to in the no hitter. So Luisa Rice uh does that. I think uh he gives up a walk after that too and then they had to pull the string on him. But you know, Dylan Cease is the second man up to try to win that Cy Young cuz like we said before yeah. Shane McClanahan has had a rough second half and then obviously having that injury and then Justin Verlander right now is obviously dealing with that injury too. I think we won't see him maybe you know, for another start, maybe he'll come back that Detroit series because he, I mean, we're going to Detroit and obviously you, I think he would have loved to pitch it, you know, where he had started, but uh, Dylan sees has a good, you know, chance to try to climb up and get that Cy Young from JV, you know, obviously to us, I don't think it's going to happen because JV has had a phenomenal year and especially, you know, coming off of Tommy John being at the age that he's at, I, I don't see it happening, but of course, you can't take nothing away from Dylan C's because he's been pitching pretty well for a not, you know, so great team in the Chicago White Sox like we had predicted in the beginning of the season. Yeah, and I mean, they're two games back. They could theoretically still be in in the hunt here. Um, so absolutely credit to him. Uh, and then as other pitchers in the news, we had saw Max Scherzer exited the game the other night. Uh, after five innings, 67 pitches with an injury. Uh, later, the Mets clarified it's not looking like an IL stint. It was, I think he was just dealing with some fatigue. Um, so, you know, that's another team that's been – we've seen them be injury-prone in the past, especially with their pitchers. Uh, they can't really afford to lose one. Um, so, you know, good for Max, I suppose. And then Bobby Wood Jr., how about that? 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases. He's a, he's a 2020 man in his rookie season. Yeah, he could join Julio Rodriguez and this class of yeah. rookies going 2020 as well. Um, you know, at the beginning, Bobby Wade was slow. I mean, he wasn't he obviously he was the number one prospect on MLB pipeline for you know for this year. And he he started off slow. I mean, Jeremy Pena had it going, then Julio Rodriguez had it going. Then right now, Julio Rodriguez has taken over, you know, for the rookies. You could add in Ali Rushman because Ali Rushman has been a huge contribution to that Baltimore team especially where they're at right now they're still in the playoff hunt so um but for Bobby Witt you know personally as a rookie you know reaching this accomplishment it's huge because not a lot of rookies you know could do 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases in a in their first season as a major league baseball player for sure yeah I mean we, this has been a really just incredible rookie rookie class this season across the board yeah I mean yeah, I mean, going into another one, Spencer Strider. I mean, I've already mentioned he's a freaking god. He's a Zeus. I mean, this guy is pitching out of his butt right now. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's gonna win the Rookie of the Year for the National League. You can't tell oh, me 100 another player in the National League right now that's gonna you know take take it away from him. 
But I don't even I can't that'd be a good trivia question just to figure out who was, you know, for the National League or even for, you know, even for the American League, who's won the rookie of the year? Because I can't even remember a pitcher winning that award because it's been Alvarez for us, Correa in 15, Alvarez in 19, um, a Rosarena, you know, in the American League. But anyway, he had an outstanding pitching performance, I believe, Friday night. He went eight innings pitch, two hits, no earned runs, no walks, 16 strikeouts. 16. That is an incredible number. New singles game record for the Atlanta Braves, uh, passing John Smoltz, which he, ha- he had 15 strikeouts. You know, you put your name with a Hall of Famer and a great pitcher in John Smoltz. That says a lot about you. And Spencer Strider does have that you know, that stride in him to continue to go against the great teams and, and, um, the Mets, the Dodgers. I mean, he pitched really well against the Dodgers because I remember I was watching that game and especially the Mets, his first outing against the Mets wasn't the best. And he said it in his interview or, you know, whenever the media had covered in post game that, you know, they're lucky. And the next outing that I'd see them, they're not going to do the same thing that they did to me the first time. Sure enough, he shut them down that second game around. So for Spencer Strider to do that against what? I mean, no, nah, I mean, it wasn't a great team in Colorado, but, but put your name with John Still, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's such a great line. It is, but you know, putting your name with John Smoltz yeah. in franchise history. I mean, I think that's pretty, you know, that's a big thing to take away. Yeah, and I, I think you're absolutely right. I think he's going to run away with the the NL Rookie of the Year. Uh, I think he's even going to probably get some some votes for the NL Cy Young, even maybe. I don't really wow. know. I mean, I don't know who else really. Bone, you have. I don't know if there's a right now. You have. I mean, uh, I mean Sandy Alcantara, Alcantara is still been... there. I think he's going to win it. Tony Gosselin. Tony Gosselin's yeah. another one. I mean, like, I don't, I don't see Scherzer or Degrom catching any. You know, they're not going to win the Cy Young. Degrom's not going to because he's hasn't pitched in a while. Right. Scherzer's I mean, been dealing Scherzer with injury. Time. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Scherzer's been dealing with injury as well. Um, maybe I don't even know how Julio Urias has been doing. I'm, I remember in the first half of the season he was doing pretty well. Um, Corbin Burns hasn't really even been there, no. like how he it was. So no. yeah, maybe. Maybe a top five like Framber. I think I could see a, top five votes. I, I could just for see him, him being up there in, in in the vote categories or in the vote getters. He's not going to win, but he could be up there. And I think he's going to be one of those guys that the the Braves are going to be able to lean on for a long time. You know, they're not going anywhere. They're a game back from the Mets right now. Like they're right there in the thick of it. You know, as a defending champ, dude. I they're gonna they're gonna be there for a while. Because yeah. they just signed, they just signed. Of course, in the offseason, they lost Freddie Freeman. I think that was the biggest thing for them, and I think that still hurts them. But they got a guy in Matt Olson, you know, having good numbers, you know, going from Oakland to Atlanta, and then signs a deal with them, a contract extension. You just did an extension with Austin Riley as well. You did one with Michael Harris and a, you know, a great center fielder for them. He has everything that you want: speed, defense. Um, contact. He has even a little bit of power in him too. So, and then Ozzy Albies hasn't even came back yet. I believe he'll come back. You know, probably the late month of September. 
So, I mean, that franchise is going to be great, great for a while. And then possibility they could sign Jacob DeGrom this offseason because he's looking for 50 million per year in mm-hmm. his contract. And he's and he already said he's going to opt out of that Mets contract. I doubt the Mets give him that money because they already gave Scherzer, you know, whatever left that they got. I mean, they signed Francisco Lindor two, two years ago or no, 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 just last year. So, um, I mean, it's going to be really special for them because obviously they won the world series against us last year and for them to be in playoff contention still, and it's going to be, you know, probably a good while. I think they'll give their money, you know, up to the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are going to be a competitive team, especially, especially the way they're hitting the ball in that lineup and, you know, the rotation that they still got. And then of course the Mets, I mean, the Mets are still a great team. They've been hot, you know, the second half of the season as well. So, um, yeah, I mean the Braves have a bright future ahead of them with the, you know, the stars that they got and the rookies that they got as well. Yeah, you know, and that, that that's a team that's on the upswing and is going to stay there for a little while. All right, so let's let's talk home runs. You know, we, we we give a lot of shit to the Yankees and we discredit them, and I'll be the first to admit that I do. But you got to give credit to Aaron Judge, man. 53 home runs. He is inching ever closer to making history. Uh, He hit one yesterday, that 53rd home run, uh, his single-season career high, and that puts him eight away from Roger Maris' 61 home run mark, um, which is the, you know, quote-unquote clean record for single-season home runs. Um, Do you think he can get to 61? I think he could get to 60. I don't know if he could get to 61. I mean, possibility he could get to 61, actually, because we still got a month. Yeah, we still got a month. We still got plenty of time. Um, Yeah, we still got plenty of time. Oh, man. I I mean, you know what? I I think he will. Just because I hate the Yankees so much that he's just going to, you know, put his name in that history of, you know, (laughs) the greatest Yankees in Maris, Mantle, uh, DiMaggio, all these you know Ruth. great hitters in them, Ruth. Um, and then you know, after that, you know, of course, he's not gonna sign back with the Yankees, at least we yeah. think, and I'm pretty sure he won't. And then he's gonna go to San Francisco and sign a great contribution of money with the San Francisco Giants and maybe help them get to the playoffs. You know, that's my I think that's my prediction for Aaron Judge where he could land, but um. I think he could do it, honestly. Obviously, like I said, I think he wins the MVP this year because he is the most valuable player on that Yankee squad. Obviously, oh, yeah. we have seen, you know, their downs, and I think we love it. I mean, that's one thing you love to see is the Yankees. Um, you know, they were all up there, all the praise, all the glory, you know, from, you know, the media, the writers, and everything like that, especially in the East Coast. And then all of a sudden, they're just going down, down down all the way down to you know the ground and for um Aaron Judge continuing to have the historic season that he's been having I think he's going to win this MVP even though Shohei is giving up a lot you know with the pitching and the hitting that he's been dealing with I think Aaron Judge just takes it because he has been the most valuable player to that team and really you know with 50 something home runs and I think the second you know next on there is 30 something so Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I see him. Schwarber at thirty six. Yeah, so I, I see him running away with the MVP. Even though people think it's going to be close, it shouldn't be close because I mean 
Shit, no, especially, especially if he breaks Maris's record. I mean, how do you how do you how do you not give a guy MVP for breaking a sixty one year old record? You know, of that stature. Mm-hmm. A great, you know, history of a ball club in the Yankees as well. So, um, you know, and that's why I'm hoping he he breaks the record and that signs with another team. Basically, tell him Brian Cashman, you know two birds at you because, you know, you just lost a great one in me. Yeah. And, you know, interestingly enough, the closest that anyone has come to breaking that record of 61 home runs would be Giancarlo Stanton, who hit 59 home runs in 2017. Uh, And you remember that was one that came down that we were watching that up until the, up until the very end when it was Stanton that, that season who was hunting. I think, I think that season previously, Judge had been really, really hot in the first half and then fallen off in the second half because people were acting like it was going to be Stanton versus Judge, you know, McGuire, you know, McGuire Sosa, but it didn't end up playing out that way. But, man, I, I think eight home runs is very doable. The question is, is why does anybody keep pitching to him? You know, like. I know, yeah. Like, I mean, he's the only one in the lineup, too. I mean, he's the only one hitting. Great example was just yesterday. They won because of him. That first inning bomb, 1-0. Without that, they are are nothing. Even Michael Kay, the announcer, um, the broadcaster for the Yankees, have called out every single Yankee besides Aaron Judge. And I, I think he didn't even give bash on Jose Trevino because Jose Trevino was supposed to be there for the defensive, you know, remarks that he's been doing right. in Texas. They brought him over there to the Yankees. But, um, I mean, especially a broadcaster, you know, going bashing on each Yankee from Giancarlo to Donaldson, um, kind of for Leffa. I mean, Aaron, I mean, Aaron Judge is just having a historic season, and you just got to give credit where it deserves. You I mean, 100%. you can't really do nothing about that. 100%. Uh, speaking of the Yankees, we'll linger on them for a second as their injuries uh, continue to pile up. Uh, you know, the the Rays are now five games back in that division. Um, so, you know, it's getting a little dicey. A uh, reminder that the Astros play the Rays six times between now and the end of the season. Uh, and as we mentioned a while back, I, I'm okay if we start Phil Maton <laughs> in, in four of those six games. Um, if that's what needs to be done. But anyway, Andrew Benatendi on Friday or Saturday, uh, he swung at a pitch and it hit his hand and he eventually had to exit the game. Uh, Sunday found out he injured his handmate. Is it handmate? Handmate. Handmate. Hand, yeah, I, I, the every, every time I see it, I want to say Hamate. Like, Hamate. Wanna... <laughs> uh, anyway, he injured his, injured his hand. Uh, he's going to have to get surgery, but theoretically he could be back. Um, by the end of the by the end of the regular season or sometime during the postseason, but we're not gonna they're not the Yankees are not gonna have an answer for that as until later today. So remains to be seen, but darn tough break for the Yankees. Oh man, it's that team was the most talked about team in like the first half of the season. It was always the Yankees, and now I mean you just don't hear about them no more. You're just uh, that's a great thing to see because they went to and you know personally because I even predict them as the winners at the trade deadline because they went to get the you know the holes that they needed to fill. You know, they got Andrew Benatendi, which he was hitting really well for the Royals. And we saw that when he played in against us in Houston. 
hasn't been really doing nothing for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing as Frankie Montas. Frankie Montas came, you know, pitched well for the Athletics. Obviously, the Athletics weren't a great team to begin with. They got some prospects for him. He hasn't been doing good. I think this was maybe his first or second win from the deadline just yesterday. So you can see with that, um, Joey Gallo, that, that was the biggest thing I thought. Because I said the Dodgers got Joey Gallo. I think that was a big L. Apparently for them, it's not. And apparently for the Yankees, it is. Because Gallo has more home runs, I believe, than everybody else on that team besides Judge. Like, you know, from the deadline to now. Um, But, yeah, I, I, maybe it's the beard. I think, you know, shaving off your facial hair and everything like that shows because Joey Gallo did that here. Wasn't good. Goes to the Dodgers. He's doing pretty damn well for them. And, um, you know, them are things you love to see. But like you said, they're playing Tampa. We're going to be playing Tampa Bay um, six games in this September. And, obviously, the Yankees got to play them three more times, I believe you know, back at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. But they're going to be playing the Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto Blue Jays aren't that far from them, too. They're six games back from the Yankees. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting in that AL East because they got to play the Red Sox twice. They got to play the – um. obviously, they already played the Rays once, but they got to play them again. They got to play the Red Orioles Sox again. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, I think the Red Sox are going to ruin it for them. I honestly think because, you know, they're not in the hunt for the playoffs – or I think they might be, but they're like about four or five games back from the wild card. They're going to ruin the Yankees. I, I, I'm saying that now because, I mean, well, there's you know, the history. Oh, I'm mm, the rate, the way the Mariners are in Toronto and Tampa Bay. So, yeah, they're know. out of it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think the biggest thing for them is going to be ruining the Yankees and just, you know, it's just any rivalry team doing that. If they're yeah. seeing one team going pretty damn good, they're going to try to do any way possible to ruin it for the other team. So I, I can see it happening. I'm telling you right now, I think what, how many games did the uh, Red Sox play against the Yankees from, you know, from now? Uh, I think I six. Say six. Watch four. I think four, two. Four wins, two losses. The Red Sox and I get think from them. Four of them are at Fenway. Yeah, I think so too. I think, like I said, I think they're gonna take four out of the six games. The Red Sox will, <laughs> and obviously Toronto. The pitching's not there. Obviously, if Manoa pitches, it's a different story. And then obviously Tampa Bay, what they're dealing with right now and what they're doing. I, I can't wait to record when we get to like the ending of September just to see oh, yeah. where these Yankees are. So. Yeah, that's about it, about the AL East. Yeah, and then just to kind of wrap up, uh, the NL East, like we said, is getting close. The Braves are one game back in the AL East we talked about. But the real story, the happy-go-lucky sends you on your way today, is Albert Pujols just hit another home run yesterday. Inching closer. He had a pinch, a pitch, a, a pinch hit two-run home run for home run number 695 putting him five away from 700 and three away from passing Alex Rodriguez on the all-time home run leaderboard. And look, you know, I've seen a lot of people saying like, oh, I'm an Astros fan. I could never forgive Albert Pujols. I'll never cheer for him. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. This is baseball. This is great baseball. This is a legend of the game in his 
swan song. Don't be don't be annoying. Don't be don't be one of those guys. Like this don't is be one that of those guy. Like, don't be that this, guy. Don't be that guy. Like this is one of those moments where please you gotta love the game and appreciate the game. You gotta of baseball. soak it in. Yeah, I mean you gotta this soak is, it in. This is a like a legendary moment in the making, and I can't imagine. I like I would be I wouldn't be surprised if like ticket prices are gonna start like skyrocketing for Cardinals games because I mean imagine catching Albert Pujols' seven hundred home run ball. Um, Let's see. I'm really interesting on that because, like you said, it, it's, you thought, you know, the summer of 98 was wild, you know, trying to get all them balls from Sosa and Maguire. Right. Just wait for Albert Pujols. I mean, right now, tickets tickets for them are pretty damn cheap. Of course, I don't think he'll hit 700 in this, you know, coming week, but I'll give it, you know, the 19, maybe 15 through the 23rd. What the prices are going are seven dollars on the you know fifteen. The most expensive is forty four. Oh, actually, the most expensive is September eighteenth on um Sunday going against the Reds at home eighty nine dollars. So mm. yeah, I, I think these ticket prices are going to go up in a minute. I mean twenty six twenty six for September seventeen. That's a double header. Um, show me what is it for October second? Pirates at Cardinals. I think he could get to seven hundred by by. I think he gets to seven hundred before October. Okay. I honestly think that because what it's it's September fifth right now. You just need five home runs. Yeah, I guess five. I guess in my head it's later in September already, but we'll. I see. think I think for that, but for that one, I think it's because it's the last game of Yadier Molina's career, Adam Wainwright's oh, yeah, career, true. and Albert Pujols. That I think that's probably why the tickets are so. Sunday is one forty eight. God bless. I mean, I mean, but yeah, like you were like, you know, I want to mention that too. I mean, we got to take advantage of these guys that we're seeing play in our time because yes, like you said, Albert Pujols, obviously doing that home run. That's probably still orbiting around the world um, against Brad Litch from that NLCS. You got to, you know, take advantage of the player's, and Albert Pujols. The same thing with Mike Trout. Mike Trout, you know, one of the best players in the game. Obviously, he had news that he might not be able to, you know, continue playing longer than he's supposed to. But obviously, he's on the field right now looking good. Um, you know, all these grades. I mean, we're never going to see them pick up a bat again, obviously. And yeah. Albert Pujols, what he's done for the game, not even – I don't even know if there's – a story out there that he was taking peds i don't think he did you know can i think i'm you know i don't think he did though right i don't think so i don't think so either you know but of course you know everybody wants you know the steroid arrows back in the 2000s 19 early 90s 2000s range trying to figure out who had steroids and all that crap but 695 you know going for 700 that's a huge accomplishment obviously um, you know, we would like to see him go to 713, passing, you know, 714, 715 range of Hank Aaron's. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to soak it in. First Battle Hall of Famer, I'm pretty sure, too. I mean, it's not even close what this guy has done for the game and for that organization, especially in the Cardinals. Great history over there. Um, same thing with Yadier Molina, one of the best catchers in the game. And Adam Wainwright. I mean, these. I think Adam Wainwright was with the organization 15 years. Yadier Molina was with them 17 years. So 
you know, you, you got to take advantage to see the greats because obviously we're not going to, it's like for us, we got to take advantage of seeing Jose Altuve because we don't yeah, know how long thing. he has. Obviously he's getting closer to 2000 hits. You know, he's getting closer to 2000 hits as well. So, I mean, that's going to be a great milestone to go and see whenever he, um, whenever that time does come. Yeah. You know, we are, we're marching toward those milestones and absolutely that's what, just appreciate those for the love of the game, right? Um, anyway, well, that is what we have for you guys today. Please remember, if you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review, share us with your friends. Uh, we're getting closer to October. Uh, as we as we get into the playoffs and we get toward the end of this month, we have some kind of expansion plans. Uh, you know, have some good stuff to bring to you guys, maybe a little bit of a video portion, some additional stuff like that. Uh, so please, you know, share with your friends, let them know where's the best spot is to get their uh, information for the Astros because we're happy to be here for you and follow us on Twitter at full scene ahead. And Lorenzo, you got anything else? No, I'm just ready to go back to the juice box and watch the Astros take on Southern Oklahoma for the last time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just get there and hopefully get a sweep out of it. Absolutely. All right. Well, you guys take care. We'll see you later. See you guys. Have a safe Labor Day as well. Yes.